The IRS is getting its shot to plus up its workforce after more than a decade of shrinking. That's thanks to the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, now heading to President Joe Biden's desk. The $740 billion spending bill provides $80 billion over 10 years to the IRS for a variety of uses, including more auditors and investigators. For a rundown of what the IRS spending includes, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And Jory, just to level set this, I'm correct in saying it's $80 billion over 10 years, not all next month. That's correct. Yeah, this is going to be over the course of a decade here. And while the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, estimates that this is going to be parceled out in installments that are going to be smaller in nature in the beginning and then will ramp up throughout the decade, this is still no zero money. So of the $5 billion CBO estimates the IRS could take on in fiscal 23, if it doesn't spend that $5 billion, it still is part of the pool here and doesn't go away necessarily. All right. And then how would this money be spent then, given the roughly however many billion year after year in the next 10 years? What do they plan to spend it on? So more than half of this money $45 billion would go towards its enforcement operations. But when we're talking about $80 billion, everybody gets a little bit of a boost here. $25 billion would go towards operation support. Some of that is IT. Some of that is workforce in nature. Nearly $5 billion goes explicitly towards a six-year IT modernization effort. $3 billion would go toward taxpayer services. And one interesting thing here is the IRS would get $15 million to come up with a report to Congress looking at the art of the possible, really, for them to create their own e-file tax return system and not rely on third-party providers to uh, to do that. It would be taxpayers working directly with the IRS and filing online that way. All right. And to ramp up that workforce. How quickly can they do that to get those investigators that would go after all the taxpayers? It is a colossal undertaking here. And this is on par with, you know, a post 9-11 TSA coming together or, you know, the intelligence community after 9-11. This is in the order of thousands of employees being brought on board, tens of thousands of employees over the decade. Now, one caveat to that is some of those people are just going to be filling in roles of folks who retire, and the IRS has an older, on average, workforce than the rest of the federal workforce. They stick on, or they stick around for longer than uh, the retirement age, but that is definitely part of it, is just filling IRS positions as a result of attrition here. And one thing the IRS does need to do is staff up its HR, because it has not done any kind of large-scale hiring in a long period of time here. For For some perspective on that, I spoke with former IRS Commissioner John Koskinen. You can't hire anybody unless your human resource process and structure is up and running. Uh, The few times when we had a chance to hire, you know, 50 people, we discovered that when you cut HR by 40%, it's hard to do uh, even a relatively small number. So the IRS has been hiring more people recently, and that has to reflect that HR has been rebuilt to some extent. And that's good old John Koskinen, who ran the IRS a while ago. And we're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And how are the current efforts going with respect to hiring? Well, the IRS has been putting out its help wanted sign for a while now. Current IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick has made it known to Congress that this year and next, the IRS wants to hire 10,000 employees to, again, kind of really keep up with this rate of attrition, the IRS put out some recent numbers on this that in 2020, the IRS had 33 
thousand fewer employees than when it did a decade ago. So some of this is just rebuilding capacity. They are getting a lot of hiring fairs put together across the country, and there's a lot of effort here. But one sticking point in all of this is not just the recruiting, but the retention. And for that, I spoke with the National Treasury Employees Union President Tony Reardon. He was saying that one of the things that historically has been really easy to cut at the IRS budget is training. And so as a result, he's saying employees being brought on, they're not getting trained very well, and they just don't feel like they're getting the onboarding that they need to feel that they're doing a good job. What I've actually heard is that people sometimes feel like they are not properly trained and prepared to do the job. And so what happens then is, you know, they get bad evaluations or they just feel like they're not capable of doing the job because they're not adequately trained. And so what do they do? They leave. And that's NTEU National President Tony Reardon. And Jory, how else might the IRS workforce, what else might it need that was not in the bill? Is there anything missing at this point? What's interesting is that there is a provision in an earlier version of the bill that didn't make it through the final round. It would have given added direct hiring authority and critical pay authority to the IRS to bring on up to 500 people and give them a higher rate of pay than what they could get from the general schedule pay scale. And that, again, did not make it through to the final round of the bill here. And that has been something the IRS has gotten. uh, And then it sunsets in provisions that Congress approves. In the times when the IRS has had this, they've been able to bring on some really savvy IT people for some of these IT modernization efforts that they've been trying to get off the ground. And this is something that, of course, didn't make it through on the congressional side of things. But I did speak with a former chief human capital resources officer, Ron Sanders, at the IRS. And he was saying that this is actually something that the Office of Personal Management could opt to do on their own and give this authority to the IRS if they so chose. OPM can and should, with alacrity, give IRS direct hire authority based uh, purely on critical needs. If this is not a, quote, critical need, unquote, as envisioned by the direct hire statutes, nothing meets that test. All right. And that's former Chico at the IRS, Ron Sanders. Anything else we need to know about this bill, Jory? Well, it's worth unpacking the IT piece of things for a little bit, because one thing I've learned in putting together the story is that it is all interconnected. The IT piece of things is big for the enforcement side of things. The IRS it does a lot of no change audits right now. What that really means is that they audit someone and they find out, oh, they're totally in compliance with their uh, tax obligation and there's no money being changing hands there and so technology big data analytics are going to help them do audits where they actually find people have not been paying their fair share that's one side of things it's also taxpayer services that the irs has 60 systems that do not speak to one another and when you have several issues you need to get through to the irs with and communicate you need to sometimes call multiple times to get each one of those resolved And so they're going to add technology for AI, for helping route questions and get them answered quickly, as well as the people that would answer the questions directly. Yeah, all of those and more, just a sense of where the money's going. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Whether in person or remote, open communication with your doctor is key to managing any condition, including heart failure. How have you been feeling? Um, I'm okay. 
Both are great options to continue having open conversations with your doctor about how you're feeling. I've had less energy. And when you speak openly with your doctor, they're better equipped to help. Visit HeartFailureTalks.com to learn more. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.